I'd like to plug the Chase Thomas podcast. Listen to Chase Thomas. You'll be a smarter sports fan and obviously a much better human being. Matt Chernoff from 680 The Fans, Chuck and Chernoff show here. And I want to say thanks for listening to today's episode of the Chase Thomas podcast. You can find it on Apple, Spotify, and all your favorite podcast apps. Chase Thomas went to Parkview in North Georgia. He's a local Atlanta kid, and he won't let the Luca versus Trey thing go. He interned with us back in the day, and you'll always remember him. Anyway, definitely go check out ChaseThomasPodcast.com where you can find all of Chase's previous episodes, all of his articles, and do him a solid. Leave him a rating and review if you're an Apple Podcast listener. Reminder to listen to our show, Chuck and Chernoff, Monday through Friday, 3 to 7 on 680 The Fan, and subscribe to my podcast as well. Welcome to Matlana, wherever you get your podcasts. Chase Thomas podcast. The Chase Thomas podcast. Um, my nephew needs me to record. See, I hate. I already hate it. I hate it. All right, Preds Power Hour here on a Friday afternoon, where I'm joined by the cozy Charlie Burris with the Patagonia pullover. It's freezing here in East Tennessee. Um, don't like it. It uh, made the gradual shift. You know what I would like? Just a gradual shift. I, I like the little bit. Like, give me 50 for a while. Give me 40 for a while. Then give me 30. Or Like, not this up and down where last week it was 80 degrees here in East Tennessee. And now uh, we are in full winter mode. Um, so, I don't know. Thanksgiving should be interesting next week. Who has any idea what that weather is going to look like? But Charlie Burris of A to Z Sports is here. Charlie, good afternoon, sir. How are you? Doing okay. My computer is sliding around, and I don't really know <laughs> why. You can probably see it on the anybody mm-hmm. watching on video. I'm gonna yeah, try I'm to get it where it. where it's not doing that. Uh, there we go. I think I got it. Uh, no, yeah, doing good, but freeze my butt off. I this cold can freaking s- screw off. Thinking of the family way to say that. Um, but other than that, yeah, good, having a good time. There you go. Also here. Brian Baston of On the Forecheck and Molder of Young Minds at the University of Tennessee himself. <laughs> Brian, good afternoon, sir. How are you? I'm doing all right. Uh, unlike you, I, I love this weather. It is freezing here. It's like 28 outside right now. And I couldn't no. I couldn't be happier. I don't like the heat. Uh, the sun, all it does is just, you know, finds different w- in interesting ways to kill you. Uh, I like this. I like this a lot. This is weather. Um, Nashville doesn't. I miss Knoxville for one re- more than one reason. But the, one of the biggest ones is the fact that y'all still have seasons over there. Like actual mm. like it's not a, a week or two of winter and then that's it. Uh, so I do miss that. I'm hoping we get some snow soon because that would be that would be great because I love this. Uh, it's no. It's just the best. It's hockey so weather. Lacey the dog. She's all about the snow. And you, you should see what this dog does. Like I could just leave her out there all day long and she's fine. Just wants to she wants to be a snow dog. Um, but no, she's all about this weather change. And my favorite weather is fall. Like fall is undefeated. October is the best month of the year. No debate. We will not be debating it. Fall in October, number one. Well, I, yeah, I'm pretty pissed because it <laughs> should be right now. Yes. It should be 60 during the day. 45 at night and you can have a bonfire in your backyard mm. and instead it's 45 during the day and freaking 20 at night and you don't even want to step outside so that's i'm it's even I'm better pretty... weather for a fire true Oof. i don't know too, but it, too there cold. does get a tipping point where it gets so cold where you're like i don't even want to get to the point where i'm that cold starting the fire where the the exactly. process of being really really cold and getting it going and then being like Ugh. yeah you don't want to be at that point 
Um, I don't know. My wife is not a bonfire person. She doesn't like the smell, uh, like what mm. you smell like after. I don't know what to do with that because I love a good bonfire. So am I just like gonna have to sneak around and go Suck to other bonfires and not tell her? I don't know. Yeah, we always do. Where uh, Allison makes me change our bed sheets the day after. She's like, they smell like smoke. <laughs> Wash them. That so, is something my wife would absolutely do. We so do have to do that. They're yeah. on the same page. Um, Brian, the Preds yeah. are back. I think <laughs> yep. we are mostly responsible for this change of events absolutely. because last week it was pretty like, oh, the rebuild's coming. There's uh, This is going to be a rough uh, end of November. December's not looking great. Like this is This is it. John Hines, I hope you're winning. And look, three straight victories. Um, this is uh, this is interesting. The goals came last night. Uh, they obviously beat the bull- the the Wild and held off the Wild a couple days ago uh, too, where it just felt like assault after assault after assault, and they just stood their ground. You're like, oh, they're not going to break. They're going to be okay. Uh, I don't know. Are, are you now? Have you done a 180, uh, Brian, on the Preds? Should we keep? being negative on this podcast to ensure that they keep this momentum going. I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do with my hands. I can't get yeah, that's it. It's interesting. I mean, so this is a perfectly 500 team now they're eight, eight and one. So mm. 500, you know, 500 in the, in the points per uh, points percentage. Um, and I'm not going to lie, like kind of like how I felt last season, this kind of looks like the team that they will end up being. Um, I think they've not they're gonna finish above 500. I'm still pretty confident about that. But it wasn't really until this week where Nashville was beating teams ahead of them in the standings. Um, you know, it's it was a pretty clear delineation where they had beaten up on the weak teams, Vancouver, uh, you know, San Jose, the Columbus, who's just awful you know it, it that's that teams that that they should be beating um and, and they've done that uh but this week you know since the last show if you watched on saturday morning when the show came out which i know everybody did uh since then uh they've been undefeated so mm. you know it's it's something and there were some things that some big things that happened um i've been very impressed with the quality of shots that they've been taking the shot map last night um you know it's I would say a good 70% of Nashville shots were all done like right there between the circles, like dead center. It was, it was gorgeous for a stats nerd like me. Oh, just wonderful <laughs> to see. Uh, you know, there was still our shots, the shots from the perimeter, which do have a place sometimes because, you know, goals are created that way too. But the majority of their shots came from right in front of Ilya Sorkin. And he's, he's a good goaltender. I mean, that's, this was a matchup. It didn't seem like it with a five, four final score, but Sorokin and Saros are two excellent, excellent goaltenders. And so, you know, it was, it was good to see them do that because, you know, until, I mean, this week was maybe the first time, one of the very first times that we saw one Nashville be able to play really solid defense and get good goaltending, but two also get some scoring in it, it, it had been you know kind of the trend this season that i've noticed is if the predators can score more than three they're gonna win like there there's a good chance that they're going to win i think the only time that they've lost scoring four was that game against the oilers which i don't think that that counts uh since some of them were garbage goals uh, but yeah, I mean, that's, that's the only, only exception. And, and that's not a great exception because this is a team that to me feels like they're built to 
win a bunch of 2-1, 3-2 hockey games. Uh, you know, good defense. And that's kind of been the MO, you know, and, and but they've got to do better. I mean, they've got offensive firepower. They can do this. Uh, and it's just a matter of getting getting the lines right, you know, getting the matchups right, which, I th- you know, we last night I think they did an excellent job because a lot of people were wondering why Niederreiter, Duchesne, and, and, and Joey were listed as third liners, which I try to tell people line the line order doesn't matter. Hmm. Um, I'm guessing that it was probably that way because they had that group of guys out on the opening face-off against their one of their lines, and so I, they probably wanted them matched up against them all night, and it worked. I mean, you can't, I can't say it, it didn't, uh, but th- there's a lot of things, and I think that they're starting to maybe find a way to, um, you know, get over some of the things like giving up early goals. They scored the first goal real early, but gave up a next one a minute later. Um, and usually for Nashville, that's kind of like, well, that's it. That's it. Yeah, they've tied it. It's early. We're done. Or they score first. But Nashville has now scored first, I think, in three straight games. Yeah. Um, and they managed to, you know. 16 seconds in this last one. Yeah. And so they they had, you know, a minute later, they scored to tie it up. And I thought that they would probably start playing safe. But instead, they reeled off two more goals in the first period. So, mm. you know, it's there's little things that are happening. The penalty kill is getting much better, I think. Uh, power play, uh, it's still not good. I think it's like 23rd, 24th, maybe. And that's mm. maybe being generous. Um, but there's, there's stuff happening. I mean, they're looking good. I mean, I, I'd be curious to see what you guys are thinking, you know, what you guys are seeing and how you feel about, you know, the turnaround so far. What do you think, Charlie? I was particularly struck by the way they won those first two games where it was defensive uh because it was such a refreshing thing to see after how usc's been getting shredded uh and then i mean obviously a huge thing that sticks out is Uso parson and it just kind of out of nowhere what three goals in three games two last night um pretty unbelievable and where was this guy earlier <laughs> but um yeah i Really, the fact that they won in two different ways, they won scoring a bunch of goals against the Islanders, playing the Islanders game uh, and beating them at it, which is frankly unbelievable. And then, yeah, playing a defensive, you know, knockdown drag out uh, with the Rangers and Wild. And I was like, hmm, I'm not even sure I thought this team could do either of these things. And look, <laughs> they did them in back to back games. <laughs> and so, uh, yeah, I, I do. It was good. It's good to see. Um, I'm going to say, you know, Heinz isn't off the, off the, the crap list. Again, going to try to find family words for this. Uh, but that if they can keep it going, as Brian said, like the dudes are there, just do it actually play well. Um, and I think this is what the result could be. Obviously we'll see if it's sustainable going forward. So I do, I got to impressed but i got a caveat it there at the end this it's three games i feel like they found the medium right is this is <laughs> we were like i don't think they are this awful because coming into the year we thought this is about where they should be right? right a 500 team like they should be around there and if certain guys pop then maybe a couple of games over maybe six seven seed versus an eight nine seed things go really right but we didn't really see top four like real contender um out west um before this year so I think this feels about right. Like, I think we'll probably now we can kind of assume, 
um, that this is going to be a back and forth type of year where there's going to be some lulls and then they come out and have a three, four game win streak, whatever it is. But they're going to hover around that middle ground, barring any midseason trades like that's just who they are and where they are going to be, which makes rebuilding and trying to figure out what to do at the deadline and what to do the rest of the season more complicated. But there are some young guys that uh, Brian especially is very excited about talking. So the floor is yours, Brian, on a certain 21 year old. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, first, I do want to say to Charlie's point about the, the, the them winning in two different ways. Uh, you know, like you said, like last night, they won by by producing a bunch of offense. Uh, but I think what really stood out to me is that Saturday game against the New York Rangers. Now, I mean, there's these aren't this the Rangers aren't you know necessarily as as big of a powerhouse as they as they could be. But I mean, they did an excellent job. I mean, this is they had only three players had points: Adam Fox, Philip Cheadle, and Capocaco, which cool but i mean look at the guys that nashville completely shut out you know on the rangers in the box score alexis lafreniere the first overall pick a couple years ago nothing uh mm-hmm. panarin the bread man nothing uh you know chris Kreider, he had 52 goals last season 52 and scoreless jacob truba uh you know he's fine he's just a big dude that hits people and uh you know it's fun to see him fight uh, Jimmy VC, always great to see him uh, suffer. Always great, um, you know, just on a professional level, not personally. Always, I mean, and Vincent Trocheck. I mean, these are guys that aren't, you know, they yes, they didn't play against uh, Shersheshkin, which he's again all world of a goaltender. But they did it two different ways. They outscored guy, uh, you know, people like they did yesterday, and then they they played really great defense against Minnesota, New York. So just wanted to address that. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's get back. Let's talk. Um, I've had my, uh, my victory lap on, on Twitter, which is not really mine. I can't say it's mine, but we done told y'all about you. So Parsonen, I told mm. y'all in training camp, I told y'all after rookie camp, the kid's good. This guy's a seventh round pick, a seventh round pick. I mean, this is a guy that they had the all credit to, uh, the Finnish, the Finnish scouts for the predators. Um, and I, I want to say his name cause I, but I don't think I'm going to be able to get it correct. Um, who's the guy who does that, but I mean, what a great find. I mean, uh, our own Eric Denae at on the forecheck, the, I don't know, maybe the smartest prospects person in all of hockey. And we still have him luckily. I mean, he's been on him from the day, the moment he was drafted, you know, that he's like, yeah, I've got a, I had a fifth round grade on him, but I mean, he's been just nonstop. Like you've got to see this guy play overseas. Like he's looking incredible. He's got all the skills and then he comes in and what does he do? He, he gets that goal against New York ends up getting first star of the game. Um, off that power play, the game-winning goal. Uh, had a little bit of a rough game against Minnesota, but that's fine. And then last night, again, two goals, including another game winner, uh, plus the assist. So that's four points in three games for the rookie. And they put him they put him in a position to succeed, which you like to see, because they from his very first game, his first three NHL games, he was on the top line between Grandland and Forsberg. And it worked. It, it absolutely worked. You know, uh, Parsonen's game, he's he's – kind of a power first type of guy that wants to always drive to the net. And we saw that. I mean, he was just net front almost constantly. But again, it's it's his vision. It's the the IQ, the hockey IQ, which I know usually gets used as a as a catch all. And But I mean, he's just a smart player. He's a big dude. Um, and so that that works. But he's got a ton of skill and it's been really great to see him. And unfortunately for the admirals, I don't think they're getting him back. So hmm. I think he's in Nashville from now on. 
that's good. And you need to hit on some of these guys, right? Like that's one of the things you have to use your scouting and you have to hit on some of these seventh rounders and just bet on your scouting department to find these guys, right? Right. Yeah, definitely. Um, This should be interesting back and forth throughout the rest of the year. Is Yossi back in form? Is it, uh, is it for sure? Or have you seen enough? What, Charlie, you're making the eyes. What, are you, what do you think about Yossi right now? I mean, in any... Sample size, it's only three games. You know, we'll we'll see. It's love it small. when you say sample size. I love it when people talk about sample size. That's so <laughs> good. Thank you. <laughs> you, you just got to take that into consideration. I certainly want him to be, and the overwhelming evidence is that he will be because he does have a giant body of work at this point. Um, and I, I don't think that he's on a, the start of some kind of major decline where it's going to be more bad than it's good or anything like that. So, yeah, I mean, I, I hope so. And Lord knows we need him to be, um, I mean, it's, it's gotta be the whole anchor of this team, frankly, between him and Forsberg. I mean, it's the two best guys we got. So it's, they have to be the guys. And so Forsberg has been to this point in terms of just general scoring. Um, even if you would, you know, it'd be great if he could just be like, Alex Ovechkin in his prime or something, but I think that might be a, a little bit more, a little too much to ask, you know? <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> that, that would be, you know, couldn't we just find that? Isn't that easy to find? Right. Something like that. Uh, but yeah, on on the whole, those guys, they like for this team to succeed, they have those, they have to be those guys, period. And so, I mean, he he might not be back, but frankly, for this team to have success, that's not really, really optional. So I hope so. I really hope so. <laughs> Well, also, Yossi, I thought it was interesting after the game, and I think they know this, and Brian, you're in the arena and you're talking to these guys, where I think they know what's been a struggle for them to this point. I think they know the veterans, like whether it's Forsberg, whether it's McDonough, like whether it's Yossi, they all know what's been going on and like what they need to do to fix it. And they talked about, uh, Yossi talked about like strong first period and blitzing them and getting after them right away and just not being lackadaisical and letting the action come to you and being on the defensive where it just just felt like they're kind of in a malaise uh, to start and putting themselves in holes and that sort of thing. And that's just not been the case uh, the last three games. And I think uh, especially um, the most recent one against the Blues. So I don't know. Uh, Do you think that that is something that you've noticed uh, about just who starts this these games that like they're just more in there like they know and they're keeping it more of a priority like we need to be out 1-0 we need to be at we need to be in more of an attacking team that needs to be more of our identity uh yeah i mean so yeah i think there's a lot of that i mean part of it is is that you know when you ask these guys a lot of questions you're going to get kind of the standard stock answer that that is fed to them by the coach most of the time i know that uh john hines uh sits and watches all the player uh, media sessions before he comes in. Um, but I mean, I think that is, I mean, cause they're going to want to be, and it's, it's been a trend that they've been able to score early, uh, recently. And I don't think there's a team out there who would say, you know what? We don't want to score early to, for this game. That's not the type of game we're going to play. Mm. Uh, but again, like, you know, speaking about like Roman Yossi, I think, you know, as a captain, you know, and you see people on Facebook being like, he doesn't yell, you know, like a captain <laughs> should. So he's not a good captain. I'm like, he's one of the best 10 hockey players in the world right now. I think he's earned that. Um, but, you know, he's he's a guy that is, you know, if he gets out there and has a good start, I mean, he's going to facilitate. And I think that, like you said, 
you know, him and Forsberg are the guys that, you know, have to be the guys. And I think with Roman Yossi, I mean, what, on four of the five goals last night, he had an assist. I mean, and and all of those goals almost were directly because of, of a play that he made. And, you know, that's something that is is pretty incredible. I mean, this is his second three or more point game this season for a defenseman um which is which is really impressive i mean he's not putting up he's got 14 points which is good the leader right now for defensemen is er, the eric carlson or the ghost of eric carlson who's come back and he's 28 points right now that man Mm -hmm. is sitting on halfway through an 11 and a half million dollar contract uh he'd been pretty mediocre the last two years and then all of a sudden people are like yeah there are teams asking questions about trading for that contract it's like sure i'm glad to see it though i love i love eric carlson but i mean he's he's come he's he's bouncing back he's doing good three goals his expected goals are at sitting at four right now so he should have one more due up i think he's just he's a little more snake bit uh but i mean i think he's he's rounded to form and then something you know the lineups shifted around we'll talk more about that here in a few minutes but uh you know, he they made some more changes last night, and that change also benefited Roman Yossi and his and his and his partner on the on defensive pairs. So it's you know they're constantly adjusting. I think Roman Yossi did better than Matthias Ekholm did when Matthias Ekholm switched over to the played on his offside on the right. Um, Yossi looked like he it didn't bother him one bit, which good for him because I can't imagine how these guys you know learn to switch sides completely. Uh, but but he managed it because he's he's Roman freaking Yossi. So. I, I think that's, you know, this it, he it, where, how the he goes, the team goes a lot of the time. And I think because he's so involved in the offense, I think he plays just a big part in how they do offensively as Philip Forsberg or Matt Duchesne. We'll end Charlie's uh, time with us with this, Charlie. Uh, 17 games in, who do you think is underperforming the most on this group? And who do you think is overperforming the most? God, it's a good question. Well, I mean, purely out of the shock factor of what happened, because I'm I don't cover the team and know these things, but like Parson and doing what he's doing, I was just like, whoa, that's an easy answer. And it's very yeah. recent, mm. recency bias based. Uh, but that's what it's stuff like that that this team needs. You need like a what would that be akin to if he ended up having a big season, like a like a Grant Williams in twenty what year was it twenty. 17 or whenever he had that first emergence Barnes third year and you were just like who is this guy (laughs) he's three star and he's like it was between Tennessee and Harvard what is he doing he's playing at an all SEC level like if you could find a dude like that that would be incredible maybe he could be that guy because it's it's got to be something like that that kind of drags this team out of mediocrity um and and even still I mean yeah I, I agree with you guys i think it's going to end up being a 500 ish type of season sneaking in the back door on the playoffs sort of thing but that's probably better than i thought it might be <laughs> especially yeah. after the first few games i started in terms of the top underperformer i honestly Yusi. i hate to say mm. that he got toasted up until the last three games and you know it, it really was disappointing because he was a guy that he's he's pretty decently into his career as a starter at this point. And, and you're just like, man, come on. I, and I don't want to put it all on him because the defense, the, whole, the it was a team effort to make him stink as bad as he did in some of those games, <laughs> let's be honest. But uh, yeah, I, I would say that was probably the one that sticks out to me just because it was shocking. Where I was just like, mm. man, he's been so good to this point. And 
and this is just not the level of play that we wanted, but maybe he, and I think I, I almost say this to lead you into the next point you had on the, on the outline there. Uh, I think he might be a, a guy that if he can round into form, it could really help this team. You, you find a couple of young, fun prospects that are helping you out and, a, and UC getting his mind right. Eh, maybe things can actually turn the corner. That'd be nice. There you go. Brian, what about you? Uh, let's see here. So I'm going to... Hmm, so the, the best, like, you know, overperformer, I guess, um, is, is I still want to say... I still want to say Ryan Johansson just for the fact that he's he's been kind of underappreciated by by Nashville and the fans and maybe for good reason uh, up until a couple of years ago. I mean, but again, like ask people, even like a lot of hardcore fans, you know, how many goals did Johansson score last season? Nobody seems to remember he scored 26, which was the most he's had since he left uh, since he left Columbus all those years ago. Uh, I mean, it was his best season in Nashville by a pretty large margin. And and he's still doing really well. I mean, five goals, five assists, 10 points is is great. That's good for, for sixth on, or tied for fifth on the team, actually. Uh, but I've been extremely encouraged by his play. He has been done a wonderful job uh, on his line. Um, he's gotten out of that mindset that, you know, before that he was a great facilitator. He was a great playmaker. He was the guy setting everybody up. Uh, but not taking shots, uh, kind of like we talked about. Uh, I saw last night Matt Barzal. He's an excellent player. He only ha- he had 18 assists and zero goals on the season, which is kind of crazy. But I mean, that's kind of that same. That's what you would get out of a guy like Ryan Johansson. He wasn't a big big time scorer, uh, but since Heinz arrived, he's really changed his game. I like the way that he's playing defensively. Um, he has had a mismatch of of line mates. He's played with Duchesne. He's played with Niederreiter, mostly Niederreiter for the most part. Um, but he's also had Tolvin and he's had Tomasino, all those guys, and he's done extremely well adapting to that and, and playing a really good 200 foot game. So I think he's the guy that I think maybe surprises me the most. And then, uh, Nashville fans might not be too happy with me about this, but, uh, most disappointing is Colton Sissons, hmm. uh, longtime predator Until last night. <laughs> yes because scoring one goal does does change things yeah uh, he's back baby it was a beautiful play it was a, a gorgeous <laughs> play but uh yeah he's just he used to be the guy that you know they signed him to like was it an eight million dollar deal for like a million or something like that i mean something kind of ridiculous something you never see where it's like really low cost but absurdly high term um let's see what has he got left on his uh yeah he's he's on a 2.8 million dollar deal and he's got three and a half years left on it. Um, but he's 29, which, you know, we should, we can tell you that's old. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, he's, he was a guy that he was a pretty much, he's always the third line center, maybe fourth line. He's your main penalty killer, which he's been pretty, he's been decent on the surface. His, his underlying numbers are God awful on the PK. I'm not sure why, um, but it, it, it's just he's not the you know you're gonna have a guy that produces very little to almost zero offense you want him to be a strong penalty killer you want him to be strong defensively and and you know his two you know bad uh stats if you look at like evolving wilds their rapms which you know it breaks it down into their even strength offense and defense that type of stuff that his two huge negatives are are his his even strength defense and his penalty killing defense which is kind of unbelievable considering how technically good the Predators PK has been, but he's just, he's not scoring until last night. Of course. Um, I don't think he's adding much. Um, 
you know, to to the offensive game plan. And to be honest, I think he drags down a little bit. He drags down his line mates just because he's not a guy that anybody's threatened by offensively. And I hate to say it because I do I do really like Colton Sissons. But, you know, last season, the, the biggest thing we ever heard about him from people in the national media was how good he was at faceoffs. And, uh, you know, that's that's fine. Faceoffs don't ultimately matter. There's no correlation between fa- how you how you do in faceoffs and winning the game, really. But then again, I say that and like Ryan Johansson's leading the entire NHL in um, in faceoff percentage this season. So, eh. That's that it's something, but yeah, Colton Sissons. I've just I've not been impressed pretty much at all this season with him. Okay, well, I, I just wanted to hear Brian's answer there. I do have to go. Appreciate it, guys. I'll see you guys next week. See you Bye, next Charlie. Week. See you. Um, as we continue on uh, this edition of the program, we have Tampa Bay preview for Saturday night. Uh, same time as uh, we've got uh tennessee south carolina brian how are you going to do your dual monitor setup because i don't do a dual at the same time type deal i'm either going to oh. watch it super late or i'm going to watch pred super early uh usually what i do is i have the game on my computer okay while i'm at the i'm at the arena okay um i think i'm not that worried about the the game tomorrow no, no. i'm a little bit more focused on the tampa game so i'm gonna i'll watch that and keep an eye on it but i mean i watched the kentucky game at bridgestone arena like I mean, I walked in as they came through the tee and like was ready to run through a wall. So, uh, but yeah, no. Uh, Are you going to Vandy talk- next week? By the way, uh, no tickets right now for a single ticket is one hundred and eighty dollars. Are you serious? Those are Vanderbilt prices. Wow. I mean, it's. I mean, Tennessee's the home team, you know, against it's Vanderbilt. True. So I hope they check her. I hope it's so orange next week. Uh, but that man, that stinks. I was hoping you'd be able to go to at least one this year. Yeah, I, I really, I really wanted to, but it's, it's like that, or you know, be able to afford Christmas for my kids. So. Well, have a sit down <laughs> with your kids and be like, Dad's worked really hard, and he wants to go see Tennessee Vanderbilt, and that means you're gonna have to use your imagination a little bit in a couple weeks. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. Uh, so like, yeah, the Lightning. I mean, mm-hmm. they're 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 still a Lightning. You know, they are a team coming off of three straight uh, finals appearances. You know, two wins until last season. Uh, they haven't looked quite as good as they have in recent years, but they're still a decent team. They're 10, six and one. Um, so two more wins than, than Nashville. Uh, they did a great job against Calgary last night, winning four to one. And a lot of the guys that scored were the guys you would expect. There was, you know, a, one by Steven Stamkos. That's his ninth, uh, two by Nikita Kucherov, uh, putting him up at nine. I mean, it's, it's, Calgary was bad enough that even former Predator defenseman uh, Philippe Myers even scored a goal, which never happens. Hi, puppy. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, that's a team. They've got Vasilevsky, which I think I imagine that both teams are going to go with their starters, you know, Saros and Vasilevsky, which would be really good. But that means that Nashville has to do what they did last night. They have to score and they have to play better defense because the lightning are good i mean it's just the way it is they've had some they've not been as good but they're an an excellent excellent team and definitely somebody to you know a team to keep keep an eye out on because you know they just they know what they're doing you know ryan mcdonough he's playing his former team for the first time it's this isn't a team that you can have a mistake filled game and still eke out a win it's just not going to happen especially with for nashville i just don't think it's going to happen at all um but and then of course you know 
you have these guys who are good and um as far as i know good people in in real life you know just just wonderful individuals uh, and then there's also there's also cory perry um a guy who is so dirty and so bad that even my non-hockey non watching girlfriend uh, when I told her that they were playing Tampa tomorrow, she's like, oh, it has that guy you hate. I'm like, yep, yeah, that's right. Um, so, you know, you've got him. So I think uh, all the Nashville players should be just prepared. Um, Tanner Janot needs to probably early, if Perry starts, you know, throwing jabs at people, he should just go ahead and be ready to drop the gloves and, and get him off the ice because he's dirty. I mean, look at Ryan Ellis. Ryan Ellis's career, I mean, his entire career has not been the same since since that injury in the Winter Classic. You know, they he hasn't played. He's played three games for Philadelphia in two seasons. And, uh, you know, that's not really on him. It's just that he's had those injuries for so long. And so you got to watch out for guys, guys like him. You got to look at, you know, Pat Maroon's another guy who's who's a tough guy. Uh, so you, they, they they've got to figure out, you know, there's parts of that team that match up with the John Hines. We want to be physical. We have this identity kind of game. But then there's Kucherov and Nemestikov and Stamkos. I mean, Braden Point. There's, I mean, you always have to talk about Victor Hedman, who's an incredible defenseman in his own right. It, it, this team has a little bit of everything and isn't a bad team to model the, the Predators, you know, after if you were trying to improve this team. Uh, you know, they've got a lot of the same type of makeup. I think the talent level is a little different, but they've got a lot of that same makeup. And so, you know, I don't expect them to score less than three goals. Like if that happens, I will be very surprised. And so, you know, it's got to be on the skaters. It can't be a UC Soros didn't do a good enough job to keep us in this game. I don't think that's going to be the case. Uh, it's it's definitely going to be a thing where can the offense continue to be as good as they have been? You know, Philip Forsberg got another goal. He he needs to step up his scoring. Matt Duchesne also needs to step up his scoring. Uh, Nino Niederreiter still looking great, lead, leading the team in goals. Um, so those guys all have to step up. Parsons got to be there. Uh, you know, you want to see more out of that top six, and then you want to see the the you know the Tanner Janot line actually get some you know gets turn turn all everything that they do do extremely well into goals, and and they'll get back to that. I, I've seen signs of that type of a thing, and so here's hoping because, like I said, only one game this season where they've scored four more and lost. So if they can get to that, then hopefully, hopefully that'll be you know that'll fit in with that trend. Absolutely. Um, you have a certain prospect you want to talk about. Yeah, Brian. yeah, just real quick. I want to talk about Jack Mateer. Um, mm. He's a prospect covered at the um, uh, covered at rookie camp. Uh, really enjoyed getting a chance to talk to him. Um, but the funny, more of the funny thing is, is that, you know, I've really enjoyed uh, covering him. He's having one hell of a season with the Ottawa 67s in uh, mm. juniors. I mean, he's... I think it's something I don't have the stats pulled up, but he's having they're 15 and one. I think um, he's got like 14, 13 points. Um, and he's not a guy that's projected to have a pretty, like a very huge ceiling. I think he has the potential to be very good and be maybe a second pair type of guy, you know, down the road, but it's been very enjoyable to watch him, but also, you know, I want to shout out, you know, his, his family, because I've, had you know they reached out to me during rookie camp and they were like thank you for providing pictures of him at camp because he hasn't called me today and so i don't even know if he's alive so i'm glad that i have proof of life because you guys are covering practice and it's been really cool just to to because that's a side of you know even for me like that's a side of it you don't really think of necessarily is 
you know, especially these prospects, like these guys get drafted, but it's not like other sports, you know, where they, you know, a little bit like baseball, but you know, they get drafted, but you're not going to see them in Nashville for three or four years, unless they're just incredibly talented. Um, and, and there's a side to that to where, you know, the families of these players, they've got to sit there and try and watch their, 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 these players get better and hope that they can live up to the draft or even get drafted. And then, you know, who knows, you never know if your, your guy, your, your, your son or daughter, you know, depending is going to be, you know, play his next game with the team he's on, or all of a sudden get a call up and be up there. And so it's been really interesting getting that perspective uh, fr from them, you know, getting to hear that. And I, I really have enjoyed it. It's given me a lot of insight. Um, uh, there's one relative that anytime Jack does a media appearance, he sends that video to me, which is pretty cool. Um, but you know, it's just really great. So shout out to the Matiers. Um, I got, like I told his mom, I'm still waiting for my, uh, invitation to the family reunion. Cause I think we've gotten that close, mm -hmm. uh, but you know, it's a great way. And I think it just, it helps give people another, another view of, of the lives of these guys. Cause again, these aren't just players that are doing a sport for our enjoyment. You know, there are also people unless not Corey Perry, but the rest of us, <laughs> the rest of them are, are people. And, uh, it's, it's good to get the side of that. So I just wanted to shout them out real quick. Cause they've been awesome. They've done a great job kind of, you know, always, supporting and boosting the things that I do, even that aren't related to their son. So it's, it's cool. And I just want to give them a shout out there. I like it. I like it. Um, Brian Bastin, anything else we should plug before we wrap up here today? Yeah. Just cause Charlie left doesn't mean I'm not going to hit you with. A oh, question. I was trying to get around this. I was yeah. Trying. I thought of it like 20 minutes ago. Okay. Um, all right. So, um, if you've been to games, um, mm -hmm. a lot of you guys will know some of these, but even if, if you're a fan and you, you, you know, you follow the Twitter account or the Facebook and you see this stuff being posted after the game, uh, Nashville has a variety of free, free items that they give away, um, after games, depending on, you know, certain conditions. Mm -hmm. Um, for example, well, you know, I don't know. I want, maybe want to leave that example for you, but, um, you know, well, I would give it to you. So like four goals. Four goals, they get a frosty. The Milwaukee Admirals do it. You know, you get a free frosty in in, in around Nashville the next day. Mm. That's cool. They got four of those things after last night's win, and the the frosty was one of them. Mm. Can you name either what the prize is or what the conditions were for any of those? No. So, um, the first one, which is pretty obvious is is they if they um if they get the first goal of the game yeah um they everybody gets a free uh penn station sub okay so there's one um never had penn station it's pretty good it's not okay. bad um if they win which uh. is one that we've gotten half the time this season if they win uh free queso at mo's mm. not been and, to Moe's in a long long time and one that's new this year which From i Atlanta, didn't really though. yeah and we didn't know about this apparently um for Mapco, depending on how many saves UC Soros gets, you get that many cents off your gas if you're part of their like gas club or something after games. It's so not bad. Like, last night was 29 cents off, off a gallon, which is pretty incredible. But I, I bring this up because it's kind of a fun thing. And I think it was J.R. Lind, who used to be at the Nashville scene, a great dude. Mm. Um he did one year, he did a calculation of every, like what are the calorie intake of like every free food item they gave out. I think one of them is if like the last five minutes of this, each period, if they score a goal, you get like a free cookie, mm. uh, stuff like that. But I just think I always enjoyed that because there's always like, a, you can almost, if the Predators win, you can almost get yourself an entire meal mm. and be good. Like 
the next day. And, you know, so shout out to all you college students that are still out there, because had I still been in grad school, I'd been all over that every single time, uh, finding every, you know, every team near me and, and traveling so I can get, go get free food. So I just thought that was interesting. You knew about the frosty one, right? No, not really. No? I don't pay attention to stuff like that. Uh, well, I've also never been to a game in Bridgetown. So well, that's, that's like stuff change. that they would share. Uh, it's going to change this year. We're, we're planning our, um, well, part of it, uh, peel behind the curtain here. Uh, my wife, who's a big Swifty, just a big, big Swifty, um, has been trying and was trying to get the Nashville tickets for uh, Taylor Swift. So we were going to do a double uh, double thing where we do Preds and uh, also. Two questions Taylor. on that. Uh, one, mm-hmm. did she get them? No. Okay, I was gonna say the second question would have been, "What's it like being absurdly rich?" Um, <laughs> so yeah, that's I, I I gotta say I feel pretty fortunate that 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 my girlfriend is not a, a Taylor Swift listener, and even if either one of us were, the prices and the rigmarole to get through there, it not it's worth it. It's so important, but I stay out of it because I'm like she that's her girl. Like Taylor Swift is her number one. Mm-hmm. My sister, like, she the was same exact staring way. at me intently when we were riding around to dinner. Uh, when the new album came out uh, a couple weeks ago and she was like just seeing how i would respond i was like it's it's fine it's fine what do you want me to say it's it's fine it's not for me she didn't make this song for me and also taylor swift still kind of dead to me for going after my guy jake (laughs) leave jake gyllenhaal the best actor of the last 30 years alone leave the night crawler lead nocturnal animals leave prisoners and everything else alone yeah i mean yeah, wow. I, was, my I, was dude. Getting, I was really getting ready to be like, really like the greatest actor of the last three. He's he's up there. I'll give you that. Uh, but, you know, the man hey, only makes bangers. That That's true. Um, you know, but like Taylor Swift, I, I don't have any beef with her one because, you know, and also I let me pick- be clear for the Swifties. I don't have beef with Taylor Swift. I just would prefer you not to go after Jake Gyllenhaal. Thank you. <laughs> I mean, I, I unfortunately all those years ago. Uh, took the Kanye West side during the VMA incident. Ooh. And then, you know, yeah. So freezing cold takes over here. That is a very freezing cold take. But, you know, mm. hey, if there's a celebrity who is essentially born and raised in Tennessee, I know that she wasn't, but, you know, she, her family lives in Hendersonville. She's basically from Hendersonville, just a town over for me. It's not often that we get famous people who are very influential that are. How do I want to put this in a friendly way? Um, good people and very publicly good people about certain things uh, from this state. There's Dolly. Dolly's there's, undefeated. There's Dolly. There's her. Uh, you know, there was Pat Summit. You know, mm-hmm. it's, it's, there's, there's, there's a handful of there's a lot more famous or powerful people. Chase yeah, Thomas. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't know. So, to say Those two last two kind of fit in that category of they're from the state, but they're loud and obnoxious and don't do any, anybody any good. Mm. which i put myself maybe not you chase you're 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 nationwide at this point so but it's it's just nice so yeah it's it's i'm 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 i want to know part of that i I watched my sister and literally everybody else hockey twitter was it wasn't just you know female fans i mean everybody it felt like on hockey twitter was was obsessing over getting those tickets and so She's cool. There but... are so many dudes out there who will who will just pretend that they're not into Swift, and then they can re- they can recite like multiple songs word for word. It it's catchy. Yeah, yeah. Catchy. That 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 one single that's out now, with probably mm-hmm. because of the TikTok. But I mean, like, yeah, yeah. I mean that 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 one's that song's a banger. It's it's mm-hmm. it slaps. Like I'll give it I'll give it credit. 
Um, I still think, though, um, that was it was the second best album released on that day. And a major shout out to the actual queen of pop music, uh, Carly Rae Jepsen. Mm. Another banger. Uh, Emotion is the best pop album of the last uh, 25 years. And you can How find old is she now? That. Oh, God, she can't be that old, right? Here we go. Didn't she come out? Like, what was that? Her first single? Wasn't she super young? Like 15? Her first single was Call Me Maybe in 2012. Oh, my God. 2012? Jeez. Um, So how old is she now? She is 37. She's two years older than me. Carly Rae Jepsen is 37. 85. Never would have guessed that. Yeah, I wouldn't Hmm. either. I thought she was going to be young. and I thought this was going to be a sobering fact when I looked it up. But yeah, no, if you haven't checked out Emotion, it's really good. And Mm. nothing against Taylor's album, but Carly Rae is just great. And this is coming from a 35-year-old Brian. I don't want them going after you for this. It's not. not, I've done it already once. Okay. Uh, Yeah, I mean, but I'm a 35-year-old dad who loves rap music, and I can get down with Carly Rae Jepsen. So, you know, just she's great. Do they play any rap? uh preds games or now oh my god yes it's gotten so much better than it used to be it used to be all country music but like all the interstitial hmm. and pa music now is a pretty good mixture hmm. um i will say i think it's also to make up for the fact that not only have i seen creed perform live <laughs> in public i've seen them do it twice so with arms that, wide open yep 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 and higher and then uh insert other song that you know about creed you know hmm. I have a Creed story I can tell you privately, uh, but I should probably not put on the air. Um, But no, that's uh, that's good. Uh, Brian, what um, could the good folks check out from you over at On The Forecheck this week? Yeah, so uh, we've got a bunch of stuff going on. I'm really excited about a lot of this. Um, We're going to have some good articles that I've seen in the works, including one by yours truly. you know, coming out. So I'm excited for that. Our new staff members are going to be on board and, and producing things next week awesome another thing i'm very excited about five new people i'd say all five of them were incredibly talented and i'm excited to have them on um and of course renegades of puck we you know our break is over we are back doing videos we've done two make sure you check up on that um and uh they're very well done yeah i I like bouncing through and all that kind of stuff it's good it's well done charlie charlie's excellent we need to have him on i think with us one day um Mm -hmm. And then next weekend, is it? No, next weekend's Thanksgiving, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Uh, the weekend after that, you can find me in Seattle for the uh, Seattle uh, Hockey Analytics Conference um, with, you know, people who to me are like, this is this is like me going to a Taylor Swift concert, you know, the comparative, because I'm very excited to see these people. Last time we did it was right before quarantine happened in 2020. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it feels like I haven't seen another actual live person in front of me since then. Uh, but it's, I'm very excited for that. And I'm going to come back with a whole bunch of ideas that I won't be smart enough to implement, but I'll be, I'll probably write about them. So, you know, that'll be great. And it's exciting for me. I don't know how many of you guys will be excited about it, but I think it's going to be pretty dope. There you go. There you go. Uh, Brian Baston, always a pleasure. Charlie, thank you as well. Uh, the departed Charlie, he'll be back mm-hmm. next week. Brian will rest be back in, next rest week. In peace. Yep. Uh, we'll be doing this from Atlanta for me. I'll be back in, oh. back in the home state. I'll be back home for the holidays for a little bit. So there you oh. go. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Now, see, I'll be recording next week and then immediately getting up and driving to. I actually may be calling in from Bridgestone because they have a one o'clock game on Friday next week. Oh, maybe so we that... to go early. We could go maybe a little bit earlier on Friday. Either way. Yeah. Yeah. So, do you yeah, hear my dog, by the way? I do. Your dog is, is... she's losing her mind. She, she is losing. What kind of dog is she? Keyshawn. Oh, she's cute. Yeah, she's ready for a walk. Like I'm. we're going to the park after this, but I like 
fuck. It's because you're recording. She goes out early later. this morning and then she eats and then it's just like there's a, a time where we hit round here where she's like, hey, hey, digestion's happened. Like it's time to go. Yeah, I mean, she's probably she probably would would want to buy the same shirt that I've been looking at for a couple weeks now that just says my tummy hurts, but I'm being really brave about it. <laughs> I think she might be her. Yeah, yeah. So, all right. Well, I, I, yeah, I appreciate it. Make sure you're che- checking out Chase and Charlie. Their various things that they do. You know, you got South Carolina game, Charlie. Make sure you're seeing him and Jonathan Crompton halftime after the game. I'm trying to remember all of his things he goes through. Mm-hmm. Um, A to Z Sports, of course. He also has his podcast. Make sure you check that out. Chase just does everything and talks to everybody. And it's like, I see like the li- like the, the tweet that says like, oh, who was on the show today? And I'm just like, why does he waste his time talking to me on Fridays when he's got guys, you know, some of these other people in there? I mean, it's just, it's really cool. So guys, don't don't miss out on, on, on this podcast. It covers everything. It's every day, multiple things. Go follow, go subscribe, you know, just hook him up because he's putting in the work. And this isn't just me sucking up because he runs this podcast. It's legitimately i've i stopped listening to sports podcasts for a couple of years and and this one has kind of got me back into it so well i appreciate that man um but it's a fun it's a labor of love same with you with your preds coverage and hockey coverage and everything else we 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 enjoy what we do um brian braston thank you as always my friend and i will talk to you next week see ya This is Ben Ingram, radio voice of the Atlanta Braves, and I'm here to tell you that you've reached the end of today's episode of the Chase Thomas Podcast. As a friend of the podcast, I'd like to say thank you for listening to today's episode and hope you return for the next one. To show your support for the program, tell a friend or coworker or even a family member about the program. And if you're an Apple Podcast listener, leave the show a rating and a review. It goes a long way. That'll do it for me. But don't forget to listen to myself and the rest of the team at 680 The Fan and the Braves Radio Network this season. Go Braves! Nicely done, nephew. Chase Thomas Podcast. Hell yeah.